others. We've done, excuse me, peace walks, prayer walks. We've done guided prayer. Uh, we've done, we've done some kind of meals. Uh, we've done a Christmas story. Just sometimes it takes place of community events. And what we've seen in the last two years is these are opportunities. These non-traditional churches, uh, church services. These are opportunities for those who are curious about Jesus um, to really. Uh, enter in in a non-threatening way. And there's a lot that the church has done to be threatened, right? And so we we believe that if we look at the life of Jesus, he entered into those places. He didn't say come, he didn't just say come to where I am, entered into those places, which is why a lot of the, the Pharisees and Sadducees really was mad at You shouldn't be with those people, right? No, like no, like this is this is great. This is where I'm exactly what I'm supposed to be. So we want to enter into that. Um, we are beginning our uh, faith formation for youth. Uh, when does that start? A Wednesday. Wednesday nights. September. September. So that's going to be our youth group award. And stuff that you'll, you'll tell a little bit about that. But um, we're combining with St. Paul. Um, and we'll, we'll be meeting at St. Paul, right? So again, there's Pre churches. Preschool of fifth grade. Preschool of fifth grade. So again, we've been in partnership with uh, St. Uh, St. Paul for a while, and and we don't want to reinvent the world. They're rich in the neighborhood. They they are doing great things, and we instead of saying we're going to start our own youth group, let's combine, let's let's see that let, let, let's show the world that the church can uh, partner, right? And so we want to do that as well. And just a reminder that we are a a church plant. Uh, a a good example is this, um, oftentimes when we enter a church, um, we're used to it being a established church. Whereas us, if, if you picture a house, we're still in the skeleton form, right? And so that's gonna require a lot of, of those who are entering in. Um, can you grab some drywall? Can you grab some nails? Can you, whatever those things may be, um, we're, we're building together. And so, um, that's just a really important thing. I think, again, as you see with the mural, that buy-in, that, that this, this, is, this is that ownership, right, as we, as we grow. Um, and so we're, we're um, focused on, uh, for, for our services, we want to do a hybrid. So we, we connected with a lot of different uh, people, even beyond Lunch Nights and Rapids, and, um, uh, and even different places in Iowa. Uh, Marianne, she's from Cedar Falls, and so this is just awesome. And so we got, I think we got somebody from. Um, well, we were at a graduation party yesterday in Waterloo, and they're like, "Oh, how fun is it tomorrow for church?" Like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just that's just what God is doing, and we want to, we want to lean into that. Um, the last, last kind of piece. Um, it stuck me. So we planted in March of 2020. Uh, we, by planted, we mean we had we started our uh, Bible studies um, in, in our home, and it's been about two two years and some months. And um, it, the the verse uh, two verses come to us, um, and, and one of them is in Acts uh, six, and one of them is the is the uh, the uh, story of uh, Moses and his uh, father-in-law. And both of those, we see, um, we see the leaders, so Moses and then the twelve disciples, kind of doing a lot, right? 
And as you read those, um, as you read those stories, you'll see that there are people of wisdom telling them, hey, we need to delegate people uh, to do uh, some other things so that you can do what God has called you to do as well. And so um, write down Acts, uh, Acts 6, and then I have the other, hold on. It is Exodus 18, that story of uh, uh, Moses and his father-in-law. And so what we're uh, asking you to pray about is how can you, uh, how can you help with the leadership and, and, the, and the, the movement of this church uh, alongside us, along with us? And that's our prayer. Um, I think it's Luke 10 or 2, the harvest that's plenty and uh, with the, the workers of faith. So uh, we're praying that, that God would um, put in people's hearts that we would uh, be able to uh, share the load so that we can actually um, we can actually do well. My professor told me, uh, I'm going to end with this, and I'm going to get this stuff, but he told me that the best thing a pastor can give their congregation is a healthy pastor. And so we, me and Stephanie and our leadership team, we want to be healthy in order for all of us to be able to thrive. And so uh, at that, Stephanie's going to talk about our, um, our um, value of reconciliation. Let's pray before we start. So I invite you just to take a deep breath and let's pray together. God, you are God of peace and love. God, we welcome you into this place. May we still our minds and bodies and our souls work just a bit to lean into how you are a God that seeks and does reconcile all things unto you. May we listen through you. God, may we look around and just be in awe of how you are at work and just be humbled that we get to participate.
Now we have valued reconciliation. Um, it's one of our core pillars of ministry here at Wellington Heights. And we began uh, this church plant talking about reconciliation in a variety of different ways. We've held numerous book studies and Bible studies, prayers of lament, guided service, those kinds of things. And even though we're two years in, we can still sense that the world is just not as it should be. Raise your hand if you feel that you can just sense the divided and broken. Yes, I mean, we're all like leaning out of our chairs, right? There's so much division and brokenness and hate and distrust of one another, right? We see divided communities, divided families. We see violence and poverty in our neighborhoods. We see injustice and broken relationships, right? It almost seems that it's closing in on us at times, doesn't mm -hmm. it? We're hurting. We're crying out to God. And I think if you're like me in this sense, maybe you're questioning and wondering, is there a flourishing future for all of us? I believe that the answer is yes, even though at times um, we can be discouraged because the good news is that God wants to work through us to help restore things to the way that they were intended to be, right? We all go all the way back to Genesis. God created and it was good. It was good. Uh, and the language of the Old Testament, there's a word of wholeness called shalom. And this is a state where nothing is missing and nothing is broken. And in 2 Corinthians that we just read, God shares with us that he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. How empowering is that? We serve a God who has entrusted us with the ministry of reconciliation to work together with him to cultivate healing and flourishing wherever we're at, that we are Christ's ambassadors in this ministry of reconciliation. Now, reconciliation is at the heart of the gospel. Jesus said that the essence of following him can be summed up in two commandments, right? Loving God and loving our neighbors. God desires those of us who love him to join in being an ambassador or an agent of reconciling love in this world that we are seeing so much division and hatred of one another. Now, according to Reverend Dr. Brenda Salter McNeil, who Keanu referenced earlier, she has an awesome definition of reconciliation that we always go back to. And she defines it as this. It is an ongoing spiritual process involving forgiveness, repentance, and justice. That's often left out, isn't it? Now, reconciliation's goal is to transform broken relationships and systems so that they better reflect God's original intent for all of creation to flourish. So reconciliation is ongoing. It's a transformative process, which we often hear at Wellington Heights referred to as a journey. You may be sick of hearing this over and over again, but it is truly a journey. It's a journey of relational restoration towards wholeness in our community. So personal and holistic in a larger communal sense. And as the body of Christ, we believe that the church is a major piece in making all that is wrong right again. So working as God's community, as the beloved community, the body of Christ, the church, we are the primary agent of reconciliation to the world around us, right? So, and we believe this so much that's in our very mission statement here at church at Wellington Heights. So we're committed to being part of this journey, reconciling um, <coughs> people to God, to ourselves, to one another, and to all of creation. 
Um, and a closer look, let's just look closer at this first and second Corinthians chapter five. It gives us distinctive marks on the journey of reconciliation. The first of that is being a journey. Even for God, reconciliation is not a program, a one-time event, or something to be achieved and grabbed for, but rather it's a journey of old to new. In the scripture, it says if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. The Holy Spirit transforms us into a new creation. Not only is this new creation for us personally, Paul is actually saying much more. When we accept Christ, we're invited into living into a whole new order, right? We often say the upside down kingdom. And in this new order of the kingdom of God, every person is valuable, important, and equally bearing the image of God. Now, as we ground our journey of reconciliation into a journey with God from old to new, we're able to unpack the next verse, which says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. This can practically look like acknowledging our biases or human judgment as we view one another and considering how we can remove our filtered lenses to see one another through God lenses. Another critical mark in this journey that's illuminated in the scripture is that it's not limited for a few, but anyone who is in Christ. When we view the reconciliation of journey as like a program or an event or something to be achieved, we can easily disconnect ourselves and say, that's just for the professionals. That's just for the minister clergy folks. That's just for the professors, right? Yet what 2 Corinthians affirms and confirms is that the ministry of reconciliation is given to anyone who is in Christ. Another way of saying all of us, right, is the ministry that each of us have been empowered and equipped to have. And as we are sent in this journey of reconciliation with God in the midst of all the divisions and brokenness that we are encountering around us, simply put and name, we, the church, get to be the agent that helps God in this process of reconciliation. And we need one another in this journey, don't we? I think too often we think we are complete, yet we are still divided. We need each one of you. We need to look upon one another with dignity and recognize we need all voices represented at God's table in this journey of reconciliation. And reconciliation is not simply like these kumbaya moments that are often watered down to or just peacefully coexisting. No, but it's a long and difficult journey and it can't be taken without being paired with justice and lament and repentance and forgiveness all being rooted in love. Now, as we close, I think it's important reminder for myself and for all of us that this gift of reconciliation is truly a gift, isn't it? It's an honor to be given this gift to be God's ambassadors of the ministry of reconciliation. And if you've been on this journey of reconciliation for a while, I think it may resonate that it is one that is fragile and it involves being uncomfortable on our part and on us as a larger community, doesn't it? In the passage just before, um, Paul writes this, but we have this treasure and jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. 
We are hard pressed on every side, <laughs> but not crushed, perplexed, but we're not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our body. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This passage is an invitation to see reconciliation as not only a gift, but also a precious treasure. It's an invitation to walk tenderly with ourselves, with others. Paul doesn't shy away from the challenges of the gift that we are given. And this journey of reconciliation that we're committed to at Wellington Grace, it's personal. Not only does it require acknowledgement on our own part of how we may have contributed to pain and division, but it also requires us to put ourselves on the line, right? Our well-being, to sacrifice, to speak truth, to lean into being uncom uncomfortable, to become proximate to the pain and the suffering around us so we can literally feel it in our bones, right? Not to distance ourselves. So I encourage us all here online and here in person to continue to press on in faithfulness for the long haul. It's a journey. And we're committed to facilitating these reconciling spaces, equipping our community with daily habits of peace and reconciliation. And by God's grace and spirit, may we continue what the leaders of the civil rights movement said that we God can make a way out of no way, which gives us strength to continue on. And we have to continue to look beyond now what is just visible around us right here, but to look to the story of God, right? the vision of God's beloved community. And without this reminder of the story of God, I would be overwhelmed, right? I would be crushed and destroyed and feeling abandoned, but we are not. And so let's continue to fix our eyes on Jesus and the invitation to follow into that distinctive way of being an ambassador of God's ministry of reconciliations. And may we continue to cultivate these reconciling spaces of lament and justice and peace and for the flourishing of all. And the mural did just that. You were here, you saw people of all different backgrounds and um, faiths and beliefs working together um, in, to have meaningful art to display to the community peace and love and joy. So maybe continue to be creative in how we can create these reconciling spaces um, for God's love and peace to flourish and shine through. Um, I'm going to close in a prayer that we offered in the calm response style in one of our virtual services, but since our tech is not set up yet, and we decided last minute to come into this space, even though it's not totally finished, um, I just invite you to just close your eyes and to um, listen to this prayer formally as a call and response prayer. So let's bow our heads and pray together. God, we turn toward you now. Be merciful to us. In the journey of reconciliation, we often feel that we must defend ourselves. We take refuge in we feel that we must silence others. We choose to be still instead. We feel that we must reboot every argument. We look to you for what is right. 
often feel we must make ourselves appear powerful and important. We remember that your power is made perfect in weakness. Help us not to point fingers or launch accusations. Help us to stand firmly and stand peaceably for what is good. Help us to take care of our own hearts before criticizing others. Help us to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly. We recognize that we are in need of mercy. We recognize that we all see in part, and we are all in need of divine perspective. We recognize that we are all fighting a great battle in need of kindness. May we imitate the humility of Christ. We turn toward you now. Be merciful to us. Amen. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a journey we all get to be a part of it. And yeah, it's, it's, we need each other to be able to, to walk through that hard journey. Um, just a few closing words. Um, we do have um, a survey uh, that will be sent that we sent out. Um, if we have your email, do we have like a sign up sheet? Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. So there's a sign up sheet over there. It's a volunteer sheet as well. So like if, if there's um, something that you know that you would like to do or uh, you want to talk to us about, and, and not only just serving this church, but this community, uh, we'd love to, to have a conversation with you. But put, put your contact information there if you know we don't have it. Um, and then um, next <clears throat> next week, we are having, are we having our um, work day? We haven't scheduled it yet. Okay, we haven't scheduled it yet, but newsletters are sent out weekly, every, uh, weekly or sometimes uh, every other week. So we looking out for that. that that um, that side sheet, uh, if you're not in the newsletter, um, is a good, good way to uh, get in the newsletter as well. And then next week we'll, we'll be focusing on neighborhood development, um, our, our third and final pillar. So we're so happy that all you guys are here and uh, wanting to learn more about the life of the church and ultimately what God is doing for us tonight. We're just happy to be joining that. So. Uh, I, I would say amen to that. Yeah. <laughs>